Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, I have the one and only Josh Barnett. He is an American mixed martial artist legend. He has been fighting in the sport for as long as the sport has been around in the mainstream. I have loved watching him, and one of my favorite things about him was that he was a catch wrestler when people were utterly geeking out about jujitsu. Josh Barnett is an incredibly intelligent guy, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Josh Barnett, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. I can get behind that. I had a, a meal so big, so fantastically massive uh, in Glendale yesterday from my buddy, um, George, the promoter for LXF MMA fights here locally, that I didn't even eat for the rest of the day. Was it, was it one an Armenian meal. meal? It was Armenian. Well, he said it's, it's, it was more of a Persian-Armenian-derived, and there, there's a, a few variants of Armenian food, and this being one of them, and it was just unreal kofta so and tadik and all the, the whole yeah. deal all the you know the spices to put on top yeah. the, the different rices that is my and, favorite food that is so good yeah. i mean it's and it's good everywhere and it, it, whether you have that specific variant or you have a lebanese variant or a greek variant or any of the other variants that are you know, similar but yeah. maybe not exactly the same don't kill me guys right. um <laughs> it's all the good. turks and the greeks it's are all exactly good. the same <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's all amazing um I am so excited to talk to you. You are, you really do embody like a, a warrior monk, a, like a philosopher. <laughs> like I could picture you a couple hundred years ago wearing a robe, walking around with a staff, just fucking, you're going to battle people with your mind or with your body. Either way. Well, it's a, a matter of a, ch a choice in terms of how you can grow. Now, we, we don't know exactly how strong physically we can become. We don't know how strong mentally and spiritually we can become. But you will never know if you don't strive. Right. And it's just like what I'll tell people that want to get into fighting. I'll say the likelihood that you'll be a world champion is probably not at all. The likelihood that you're really going to make any money out of this for the expenditure you're going to put into time and effort and all that also not likely so throw all those ideas aside and then do everything to be the absolute baddest best person you can be and even if you turn out mediocre you the only way you could have got there is by giving it your all right and you can apply that to anything well it's true right and and it's also a matter of being comfortable and wanting to go forward knowing that failure is what you're going to see most of yeah and people are so failure averse or so safety conscious, right? Uh, I mean, it really is, you know, um, you know, people want more for safety than for anything else. Yeah. And that is an anthemic to any human flourishing whatsoever. This, this is what we <clears throat> got to talk about. And I've been thinking a lot about safety. And, and, and a lot of it for me will always go back to because it's been like the tenet of my life, mm. weight and obesity and sure. the struggles I've had with that. But I even look at like um, 
the way we eat in America and go like, well, at some point people starved a lot mm -hmm. and they wanted some kind of buttress against that. Mm -hmm. And so we got a lot of really cheap food. Mm -hmm. And now people generally are not starving in America. But now we have this unintended consequence of obesity. Yes. And so these are the factors that are not always being considered when we give up our freedom for safety and 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 you and i talk a lot about structures and stuff yeah. like that and and the way structure should be and i personally want structure but i want structure that i've laid out for myself yeah i mean um structure is a necessity you cannot get around it i am not a uh, an anarcho type thinker uh, i mean i love the idea of of people and their personal freedoms and, and the ability to make their choices. But at the end of the day, um, you need structure to navigate within these things. You also, uh, you need proper hierarchies. You need, people don't mill around just everybody being just an atomized individual and create anything. Like somebody has to take charge. Somebody has to be the one to, to, to either be the leader or will be elevated into that position, whether they wanted it or not. Uh, an MMA team does not create championship fighters without a coach. Right. And, um, you know, there's there's arguments when you can get into about scale and about, you know, other uh, subjective factors coming into things. And that's a different discussion. But but the, the, the concept of having proper structures that are accountable and knowable uh, and somewhat predictable is is all throughout human history. Like it's never been any different. Uh, religions are structures, all societal governing bodies have been structures, kingdoms, right? You know, whether it be you wanna create a, a liberal republic or you want a monarchy or whatever, there's structure, there's always structure. Structure because it's needed, because people need to know how to operate, because you cannot treat the world in a post-structuralist, post-modernist way, because as much as it can be an interesting thought experiment, it leads you nowhere. You you just spin in circles and you do nothing. You know the world is made of action, not of sitting around theorizing things. And um, it, people need what I like to call operational objectivity. And so you can you can maybe get so deep in the weeds and come up with something about well how it's not you know here's the subjectivity and then you're operating as if it's actually objectively so. But it, it's like great. Could that actually allow me to take a step forward? and not fall on my face. No, it doesn't help me. Right. Does this put food in my mouth and give me nourishment and give protein to my, yes, no, either it does or it doesn't. Like there's only so many things <clears throat> that we can operate in, in any kind of subjective sense. And then the rest of it has to be seen from some sort of operational objective stance so that you know that how to move, move forward, have somewhere to go so that as you invariably make mistakes, you have somewhere to either go back to or somewhere to move forward from. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about um, law and I'm not a fan of law necessarily because I because it gets into this external thing, making choices. For it's me. always tricky. It's always tricky. But when I when I go like, okay, what would the most rational law be? It would have to be purely objective. Mm -hmm. And and there are ways of looking at something and seeing what is there that everybody will agree is there unless you have just a total lunatic. And so in in these 
in these schemes, we have like ways to communicate to people or to show objectively what will lead you towards the most likelihood of like health as an outcome. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that health is a, is a fairly objective thing that I think that you, we can deal with, you know, it, you know, outside of any structured law per se, but yeah, health is, you know, things are in, in regards to biology are fairly nor you can, you can look and see the patterns throughout time and history. Plus, you know, using the scientific method over time, we have uh, we've been, figured, been, out, we've some figured out some stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, because uh, you know, one, one thing, you know, uh, as soon as the, the the first thing that popped into mind when you're talking about uh, you know keeping things as as uh, astutely objective as possible, it just makes me think of Jeremy Bentham, and I'm like, oh utilitarianism it just creates bug men and ruins the world. <laughs> but, but, but I'm not even saying that yeah. because I think I think. If we if we go like we know what the structures are right if you're if you're gonna um, uh, use intravenous drugs through a dirty needle mm-hmm. that has a high likelihood yes. of causing you Correct. adverse health problems yeah and, and and having structures whether you want to argue that they are the best way of doing it or just a way of doing it. People can operate with that. And one of the, I think maybe the best thing that comes to mind for me anyways, is thinking about the insanity of the Holocaust, right? What, you know, that entailed in terms of putting people in camps and the graduation to it and all that insanity. And yet you get Abraham Maslow and you get uh, Viktor Frankl, two of the 20th century's most important philosophers. People of insane importance and and ingenuity and will and and thought were forged in the worst of scenarios yeah and that their research and a lot of where they they've created these these concepts come from being in something that no human being should ever have to be put through and yet to me it shows that human beings are truly incredible like the the things that we can endure and no one should have to endure something like that is is astounding to me and yet the way modernity has turned us into such soft pliable play-doh weak people that we can't even deal with the least of difficulties these days and in fact the the ability to have food so readily readily available has actually started more so poisoning us than actually keeping us from detriment. And right. So- and so this need for safety <clears throat> and this and and so you you want safety so much that you create the space for like at least for calorically mm-hmm. we're safe. Yeah. You will not starve today. Correct. I will not starve today. We could literally By the live- way, you and I could yeah, not eat not all week starve, and we're yeah. not going to starve. <laughs> I mean, you could literally live on fast food uh manageably it's not a healthy way of doing anything of course but you could calorically figure it out your macros and all and you could do that and do so cheaply cheaply. yeah i'm not saying that's anything anyone should do or that that's necessarily a good thing no you know i think we should you know it'd be better to spend a bit more and have healthier food period i agree with you but but in that same in that same universe and it's it's all of this where where it's like we need safety 
mm-hmm. as our as it seemingly like the group seems to make that that their number one thing safety and you look at like and, and not to diss on college kids i have a couple college kids who who are doing great you have and, a few kids I have, I have a bunch of kids <laughs> but the ones in college you talk about safe spaces and and i just go like well what happens in the real world if somebody like tells you to go well, fuck yourself it's also this, like a complete inversion of what or i should say a complete perversion of what what is a safe quote unquote but you know what a safe space is my gym california yeah. mixed martial arts with chad george and my that's a safe space and you guys are getting hurt all yeah. day long and you know what's safe about it it's not even about oh you know it's a bunch of men and women that can fight and physical no 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 it's safe because people have given and earned the trust of each other through such an intense personal interaction that they can have communication on a deeper level that they know that they have trust within those that are around them that this place is vetted to them and you know it's funny because i i remember going on a walk out in joshua tree and just wandering around and the idea of borders and fences and concept of safe spaces was just swirling around in my mind and basically what it came down to is i is that you know every all a safe space is really not not the wokest definition of these things, but really what the actual content of that is is a place that you vetted that you know is safe or understood enough that you can mitigate or inform anybody else and yourself of what's there. And so, if I put that fence around my property, I'm saying that within this. I take accountability for this. This is my place. I know what's here. I will look after it. I will tend to it. What I allow in and what I allow out is by my metrics. And so therefore, I'm being the person that accounts for whether how safe it is or isn't. And I can tell you how safe it is. I can tell you what flora and fauna will be there. I can, if I invite you onto my home, I can say, hey, don't go to that northeast corner because that's where rattlesnakes are. Right. You know, but that and we want them there. Yeah, well, yeah, they have to be there. You know, it's their place too. And, and if, and if uh, you know, God forbid it's a problem, you know, hopefully we can relocate them, not eliminate them. Yeah. And, uh, but I think about that in terms of everything because the more that we give the safety over to the group mm-hmm. and say, everybody has to assume my safety, mm-hmm. um, the less personal responsibility we have and the more weak and and susceptible to unsafe things we become exactly you know human human existence uh outside of these last 300 years have not 200 years maybe even 100 years hasn't really been all that safe and not even necessarily for the sake of wars and 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 human interaction on that level but just the fact of the matter is Nature will murder you. Nature has made more things extinct than mankind ever has. Yeah. And it's, it is only the fact of our own concept of ethics and hopefully what I would like to think is a responsibility um, given to us for our having will and intelligence that we actually try to protect that which at times also we try to destroy. Yeah. But, um, you know, nature has never tried to preserve anything. It just lets it work itself out. Yeah. You know, the the concept of will to power from from the Nietzschean perspective, it's like, well, that grass stops growing, not because it decided I have enough space, but because something else took its resources. Right. Something else took its sunlight. Something else took whatever, because, you know, given certain environments like black bamboo, if you plant that in, in Washington, 
and you don't put it in concrete or what have you, it will overrun everything. European blackberries will overrun and do overrun everything. Why? Because they can and nothing can st- nothing stops it right. unless mankind goes in there and removes it, which it was probably mankind that brought it there in the first place, <laughs> right. But uh, just like the kudzu. But, uh, but the reality is that's what nature is. I'm not here to say that nature is evil or bad or whatever, but nature does what nature does and its processes do not alter themselves on behalf of us. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, speaking of uh, safety, what is it? Well, you know, the other thing is, you know, to the great H.L. Mencken, the urge to save humanity is almost always a false face to the urge to rule it. And that once you've established that kind of safety, the next thing is who gets to decide on that group safety who and of course a hierarchy will create itself yeah Yeah. you know what is safety safety to you or safety to me well the general human compunction is going to be safety to me first safety to me second safety to me third and safety to you fourth maybe or safety to fuck you you know yeah i i i had uh covid last year it kicked my ass i was i had a 102 fever for uh Two weeks, 16 days, something Mm -hmm. like that. I never had to go to the hospital, but I had protocols from a doctor. Like, if you go to this, you have to go to the hospital. Which is is great. And and by the way, it's a a massive travesty that it is so difficult for your average citizen to be able to have that informed kind of information. Like, I just found out a week ago that uh, monoclonal antibodies are available to people that are not over 60, 65 plus. Right. Where is that information out there? Where is that? No idea. But so I had that kicked my ass then i recovered i didn't have a long covid and i was fine and i was going to do this movie and they said have you been vaccinated and i said no no but i just i had covid a right. couple of months ago i i've looked at my mm-hmm. blood i have antibodies all of this and they said no you have to be any uh vaccinated and so i'm not like i've had other vaccinations so i was sure. like okay i don't really think it's necessary now but i'll get the vaccination so i got the vaccination but the more evidence that I'm seeing, it's like the vaccination is no better at creating immunization than it just doesn't seem to be. Disease. No, it, and it yeah. doesn't. And even calling it a vaccination is disingenuous. And there's a lot of uh, you know media propaganda to to push it in such a way. Personally, uh, my thoughts were: well, we're dealing with things that we don't understand. Um, I do believe it was a man-made uh gain of function in virus the, in the lab i, I believe right. that we screwed that around with it and even just from a logical rational perspective it seems absolutely most likely um but regardless of how it got here the thing is it's new it operates in ways that we weren't prepared um coming up with uh the mrna concept to 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 find solutions the, these things are these make sense to me you know sure. and, and you know it was disappointing early on where they were like this is the trump vaccine and f that and f that and i'm like we don't really have time to play politics about this kind of stuff we need to be on a united front to find our best solutions i don't give a damn who comes up with it if the ghost of that freaking dysgenic mutant Goebbels shows up and all of a sudden <laughs> he has the he has the the answer like then I'll freaking take it, you absolute piece of shit. Right. But 
the 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 fact is uh viruses and and things of that nature again this is this is nature this is the universe it does not care about who you voted for it doesn't care about what you think about uh you know post-structuralism or, or neo-marxism or or i don't know whatever sort of ideological bench you, it doesn't care about any of that yeah it's just going to do its thing and i thought well you know maybe Maybe this thing will help out. Maybe, you know, we got multiple companies working on it. Uh, maybe mRNA will eventually become the way to create vaccinations for things that we couldn't vaccinate sure. before. And isn't there some uh, idea of treating <clears throat> cancer with the mRNA stuff? I, you know, I'm not familiar with that. But, I mean, if that's the case, awesome. You yeah. know, if we can make strides, if we can become better, let's become better. Um, but politicizing and creating these ideological weapons out of stuff is in my opinion, 100% unacceptable. Like this is this is literally criminal to do that because it is, it, it really is, as they love to say, people's livelihoods on the line. Yeah. And, but they don't treat it as if our livelihoods are actually important. Yeah. Only the livelihoods that they think are beneficial to them, which is, which is disgusting. And that's not how you run a country and that's not how you help a people to flourish. It, it also is very bizarre to live in LA because I do know some anti-vax people. They're all super left hippies. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah, sure. And so then when I turn on CNN and then I know some just straight up Democrats who think that they're now secretly these liberal hippies are Trump people. I'm like, I don't think that it really has anything to do with politics at this point. Not, not exactly. And of course there's, this is, all the things that we see, and even the, the elements of uh, the way we deal with food and obesity, and what I mean, these things are all really these are onions, man. These are multi layered, and these have been happening things that have built up over a lot of things over decades and decades and decades, which, um, you know, that's things just don't happen. They don't, don't just show up tomorrow. It doesn't work that way, especially in terms of the way governments work, especially in the way that all, all societies move. They don't, they just don't turn a corner like that. Um, and I understand why people can be anti-vax, like the actual and not not the stupid bullshit media garbage term that they throw around in the cathedral. I mean, legitimately, people are like, I'm anti-vaccination. OK, yeah, well, you know, you know, skepticism and you can look at like the Tuskegee experiments and oh, there's plenty of stuff that could make or someone. What about work. like if you're Amish or whatever? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it that could be that. Yeah. Just like we don't that, want the deal with true modern enough, medicine. True enough. I'm yeah, like, there, fine. There's, you there's, don't I don't care. If there, you there's do that, too. Yeah, that's another that's another vector that is that that exists. Um, me personally, I you know, so I can put it out there. I'm not anti-vax. I had my vaccinations when I was a kid. Uh, I had a tetanus shot not that long ago. Uh, I'm totally for using science and like, gosh, so many qualifications. Not the science, which is which is bullshit in the media. But I mean, the actual concept of the scientific method and advancing our material knowledge in the world on, yeah. on how it works to make us better to help us out you know i i love the fact that uh that i'm a huge classic car guy but you know when i sit back and i go i'm not gonna put 1968 uh you know pontiac heads on this car when i can put 2021 aluminum heads on this thing and get way more compress get more compression get better heat exchange get more velocity and and airflow and why would I do that? I have this now. I'm not going to go back to that. 
that's not that these things were bad or they're terrible or that I'm, I think they suck. It's just that, no, we've improved. So as we can improve, let's improve. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. For one, I would love to see a sterilizing vaccine created out of this that is more in line with our traditional vaccines. Right. And by the way, when you say sterilizing, you don't mean in order to like, let's be sure. Oh, no, I don't mean fourth, fourth industrial revolution. (laughs) Crazy. No, I don't mean that. I mean, like uh, your stand, like your polio vaccine, your smallpox vaccine. Yes. The vaccine is clean. Yes. Um, But uh, by the way, but is there incentive for that now? I don't know. Is there incentive for that? Because uh, and as Thomas Sowell will go on about humans and incentives and and the Austrians will, too. if if the government and corporations and possible and insurance companies are all working together to keep one pathway the only pathway because it is keeping them in business keeping them making money keeping them in seats of power allowing them to shift their little man uh, their little rent seeker managerial elites across their different platforms you know like the Pfizer guy going from government to Pfizer and Pfizer to government you know all that stuff that's been happening forever why would any of these you know, groups, and I don't think it's all always emergent, uh, unlike Yarvin. I don't think everything is completely emergent. I think that, you know, emergent things happen, but eventually we all communicate. We're communicating. We, we are group, uh, group oriented individuals. We cannot, we don't do everything alone and we don't do everything separate. Right. You know, it, it doesn't take. No, I think yeah. if the, if the hospitals were full, like in, in L.A., for instance, the first when in uh, March of 2020, my wife works with doctors mm-hmm. and a doctor would come into her office every Monday morning and go next week. There will be triage in the parks. Mm. It's going to be chaos. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next week he said it again and again and again. And we never got there. We never had. And, you know, that's OK to be incorrect. I agree. There's nothing wrong with that. Totally. And, and, and having those kind of concerns, especially around respiratory type illnesses, which I think one thing that's also not talked about is respiratory illnesses are kind of are, are a specific issue in that they make you have to isolate, which means that you have less available space to do things. And it's harder to for to create logistics. That's a fact that should be normal. Nobody should balk at that, nor should that be considered crazy at all. You know, this is just, again, this is the reality of the type of situation we're dealing with. You know, you might want it to be some other way. Oh, why can't it just be like, uh, I don't know, some other virus where we can, no, I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. This is what we have. I want the better virus. Yeah, I want the virus that makes makes it easier for me to get sick. And well, you know, you can, that would also trail into the, the concept of safety and the atomization of of the of, of people to such a degree where everything, including their doctors, are just service things. If they, if people could just app their way into health, right. they would. Yeah. And and completely, um, you know, never have to actually deal with a real person, acknowledge that they're a real person with feelings and and emotions, and that no, they just want automatons to to give them what they need to serve them now. How do we though <clears throat> then taking a few steps forward and looking at the overall health of America, how do we not, if we're all demanding such safety, yeah. not then take another crack at what people eat and put in their bodies? I know. Uh, it doesn't seem like an illogical leap to me. It doesn't. And 
it comes down to the thing that it always has to come down to. You're responsible for it. And your responsibility even extends to what I would call your tribe. You know, if you've got friends and family and whatever, you need to be there for them. You need to help them in small and great ways. You can't make everybody eat the way that they, they want to. I couldn't get my dad to get it to turn his health around. He just refused. But you got to try. And if it, and even if I fail or, or if I was incapable of, of making the adjustments for him or helping him to make those adjustments, I'm not going to – that doesn't mean I'm not going to help you. If you have a question, that doesn't mean I'm not going to help my fighter. That doesn't mean I'm not going to reach out to, to my friends and other people in my life and check in on them on the simple uh, aspect of trying to see how they're feeling emotionally, spiritually, whatever. Also, help them with their health. You know, um, I've had friends hit me up and go, could you help me with a little program or what's, you know, the uh, uh, Jesse, the lead singer of, of Kill Switch Engage is like, can hey, could you help me navigate supplements as a vegan? And I go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some advice here. Or right. like, I remember I was talking, another one, a friend of mine, George from uh, from Deaf Heaven. He said, could you get me on a workout program? Like, yeah, 100%. And it's not just about like, oh, you know, you're, you're helping, you're making people lift weight. No, 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 no. This is, this is deeper than that. This is, this is human interaction. I mean, I know that modernity is a really unnatural aspect on humanity and the world at large, but it does come with benefits. And while this stupid little black box is, is poison in a lot of ways, it's also a, a massive tool that unlocks a lot of things that were never available to humanity before. And through this, I can even at the smallest level, have a conversation with my friend George and send him information so that he can then use for himself to better his own life. But also we can count, we can converse, we can talk, we can have a conversation. I can make a phone call. I can send him a link. I could do whatever. And, and the difference is I don't approach it as this thing. And it, it, as this, this tool is somehow has any more importance than the actual action and motivation and and authenticity behind me and what I do with it. Yeah. And that has to be number one. And you're but you're talking about it too in super specific terms that allow for nuance. I think that a lot there is a lot of uh utilization of this tool in very general ways. Well that's how people normally work. Like it, people are not capable in general of dissecting the minutia it's like that's why you know the postmodern post-structuralist stuff will mess people up so bad because it goes down such a basically like uh almost drug-induced sounding spiral of insanity and subjectivity that it just is like oh my god what is you know what am i even doing anymore right it's just completely destabilizing destabilizing to most people because you can't not everybody is capable of wrapping their head around such crazy like not everyone can read being in time by heidegger right. but yet there are things within there that if someone can extrapolate it for the person in a way that they can understand it it will help their life but some of us can read being in time and it's freaking hard as shit and it half the time doesn't make much sense hegel doesn't make sense because he's an idiot and he doesn't make sense but that's a different story um uh but uh um 
it's 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 a lot to ask for people with everything going on in the world and all the things that they're even trying to sort out within their own struggles and battles, whatever those may be, small or great, to then try to make them understand. Like, they don't have the bandwidth for it. And, and people want sense-making to be simple. That's yeah. part of the reason why religion was so, has been so successful so across the, the ages. Answers. You know, it lays it out for you. It, it works upon things that are incredibly universal. I don't care what religion you follow. I mean, Campbell, Jung, the, the, people have done the work on it to show that religions are more alike than they're different. Yeah. And there's a reason for it because there is more alike to us than we're different. I see a re <clears throat> re religiosity, if that's the right word, in a lot of aspects of of life today where somebody's just gone like, I'm just going to accept this is truth mm -hmm. and follow these principles. 100%. It's po politically... Um, even in diet, you can yes. have people who are just like, oh, no, yes. this is the way you absolutism on, on all these different things. And, and it is a religious bent. And the crazy thing is the scary thing to me is having a whole bunch of irreligious people unaware that they're actually religious. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm well, a, no, you can have a ton of, of <clears throat> ir, uh, people, atheists yes. who behave in more religious ways than some of the Christians, all that atheist, all that atheist plus humanist stuff, like they are all they're all religious. They yeah. they're in utter denial, but they are a hundred percent religious. And I, I I'm Even an atheist. I'm an atheist dude, myself. But the, the but trust I'm not. Science yeah, people are, are religious. religious. Yeah. Well, the trust science people don't actually do science. You got to yeah. assume if you're doing trust science, you got to assume that science has a moral position, which it cannot have. No, science is utterly. You know, it's it's also when I'll get into conversation with people about capitalism is they'll assign all these things to it and I go capitalism is a neutral structure we make of it what we want to make of it now sure. you can have arguments whether capitalism should be laissez-faire it should be this should be that okay fine that's a, you know creating structures or removing structures within using the concept of markets and you know the ability to to sell your labor and goods and what have you and create uh businesses or you know groups co-ops anything however you want to structure that but capitalism is it's it, it is ethics free we provide the ethics yeah. and guess what we're pretty fucked right. so the fact that we can take something when the thing the things with the most freedoms are the things that we will pervert and fuck up the most because uh like um i was on lex's podcast and i said i don't have an exact answer but it seems as though for every unit of like freedom and responsibility you need like two to three units of accountability so you know that takes precedent over your ability to do whatever the hell you want has to be bolstered more by being accountable to it yeah. and um, you know we don't have any honor culture anymore which is a problem you know we we outsource all violence and all responsibility for for our own safety and even just our own spiritual dignity let's say like you know i had to learn a long time ago that while the concept of, you know, sticks and stones will break your words will never hurt you. If you allow people to disrespect and demean you and tear you down in public in a certain way, everybody else will say, well, then that's the way that you should be treated because you think you should be treated that way. Yeah. Or even just that, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I'll, I'll talk to, to some, some gal pals of mine, <laughs> gal pals, and, uh, and I'll say, you know, it's, it was interesting that it used to be decades ago that if you made an aggressive move on a woman she might just full-on slap you and people would take it 
they would just be like, oh, yeah, and get laughed at even. Like yeah. men getting whacked by women or a drink thrown in their face, if they were if they were being obnoxious, there was a price to pay, and they accepted like, yeah, I, I shot my shot, which was a bad shot, and I paid for it, and it's on me, yeah, not on her. Right. And, uh, you know, not to say that I want woman, women running around punching people in the face, although... I don't know. People need more punching in the face. I don't. I, you know, the idea of punching people in the face, I think if you've never been punched in the face, it, it, it's, it can either be really horrible mm -hmm. or not as bad as you probably think well, it's going to be. I agree. And I, I try to... I don't want to be punched in the face by you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's highly, highly unlikely to ever happen. Right. Uh, unless it was like on purpose with gloves on sure. and yeah but uh i always try to remind people that i go you know human beings are pretty phenomenal yeah. you know as much as we're i'm dogging on humanity here you know much of it comes from the fact of what we're what i see us as being capable of and what we can do and then what we choose to do instead and you know we're at constantly at war with the weakness within ourselves and choosing strength is is a, always a choice it is always a choice to choose strength to be stronger to be stronger in what ways that you can be strong because not everybody's strong in the same ways but strength is uh strength is a universal in my opinion everybody possesses it in some manner or another um and it, it's also a really really easy thing to increase mm -hmm. it like, is it small things it, make big differences yeah and uh but but people you can get punched in the face you'll be fine yeah for the most part like you guys it's not as bad as you think i think the emotional concept around it is what really scares people the most and that it's violent yeah right but i mean we are never away from violence courtesy everything everything that has ever been created within social norms is part, is is about reducing violence and reducing the need to 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 go to violence because violence is at the bottom of every human interaction of all time and it is even now because at the end of the day you can sit back and go well you know that's illegal but you know when someone's putting a knife in your guts they don't care and no one's going to save you no one's going to stop them it, it won't matter that they're going to go to jail or whatever like that that's those are actually abstract concepts to actual human existence yeah. and nature itself i read a very like we're talking about outsourcing violence and stuff i read a very funny meme and some of these i just you know i think memes can be really really insightful and well they are supposed to be uh they're supposed to be viruses they are supposed to infect right let's let's not let's let's get that straight this, memes are supposed to work that way yeah this one said um the cops are here to to protect people from the criminals. And then the other guy said, no, the cops are here to protect the criminals from us. And I think there's some truth to that, though we outsource a lot of the violence. I don't want to have to defend myself, so I want this sure. police force. A little bit like if there was no police source and a guy came in here right now to raise hell, you and I would have to deal with that. Yes. And in today's day and age, we might actually get in trouble for that. That's that to me is the trouble with it. Um, you know, I mean, at the very least, I think like there's a law in the books in, in Washington that you know, it's called the law of uh, mutual unarmed combat. You know, if there's a cop right there, you can go, hey, you know, me and this guy, we're whatever, gonna have a fight, and they go, okay. And there's there's some basic rules around it, but yeah, I think that if people were allowed to just fight, and guess what, if you get hurt from it, that was your choice. <laughs> you know, uh, it. You're like, oh, well, but that's too big of a price to pay. Well, then don't get into a fight. Don't 
don't create things to such a level that fighting is what is left. Yeah. Don't be such an asshole. Don't be so antagonistic. Don't, uh, you know, and if you really feel like this is something that you have to dig your heels on into the point of clenching your fists and letting go, then then accept that. Yeah. Accept that. Be okay with that and know that if you really feel like you did something for the right reason, then whatever you price you pay for it, it was it, that is just the way it goes. And that is what comes with the responsibility of being a active human being in the universe comes with. Yeah. And you cannot avoid that. And having somebody else to, to take the responsibility and to bear the brunt of all that and to be the arbiter of the whole thing is just an abdication of your own being in the world. Yeah. You are not Dasein. You are, you are, you are, you are Dasman. You are the last man. You have no interest in actually trying to have any sovereignty or agency in the world. As, as a kid, <clears throat> I had a little bit of a romanticism about fights. I got into some fights. I was in the hospital once with a fractured skull. Like I, I liked mosh pits. I didn't mind like slamming my body sure. into stuff and having stuff slammed been in a me. few pits myself yeah they're, they're, <laughs> there's there's an exhilaration to it and um getting punched in the face if it's not too hard can really wake you up and like bring you into the moment a little bit uh and then i started having kids i started and and the requirement today for me to get into a physical altercation is an order of magnitude higher than it was when I was a kid. Like, say whatever you want to me. Mm -hmm. You could even say whatever you want to my wife, and I might probably just tell you to go fuck yourself and move us along. You know right. what I mean? The actual need for you, violence. You just, in me. You're describing one uh, healthy relationship with violence. Two, security. Yeah. Security in yourself and knowing what is important. And and look, I can flat out say that I am born for violence. I love violence. Uh, when I'm in the ring fighting for my life it feels like i am the freest i am at the my highest state of being i that i can be in yeah um it is the moments in battle whether i'm winning or losing are the greatest most enlightening highest rel ways of existing that i have ever had uh but that being said you will not see me get engaged in low-level stupid idiot yeah. stuff ever you know i've had people try you know losing their i had a guy losing his shit in a car because of like uh uh i was in a rental and i think i'm i, I might have accidentally like swerved at him something right like i got screwed up on some little on-ramp or whatever and he was losing his mind like act like he's gonna hit me and he's he's driving a uh he was driving the subaru STI and I'm just thinking your vehicle is really nice why would you fuck that up and he's losing his shit and I just started laughing at him like you know at the end of the day you didn't really think this through so if right. I take this rental jeep and just plow into you I'll destroy you not to mention you have no idea what sort of skills do I have not just as a fighter but even behind the wheel you know yeah. I've I've uh, qualified for SCCA road racing license and then road racing competitions and different, you know, stunt drive drifting stuff from training. And it's like, oh, I know exactly how to get into your bumper, You're spin you off. Also, I, can, yeah. I can screw you up and you will lose. And you'll have a great car that shouldn't be ruined. You'll have maybe what injuries you and all this is a waste of time because you couldn't control yourself. You couldn't control yourself and you're so insecure that you have to explode about the world. Now, you can people might, well, you don't know what his day was like, what led to this? And I go, I understand that too. 
But at the end of the day, we are the only people that determine how we act in the world. I'm not saying that anybody can do anything to you and you should just be like, oh, well, I, I just will choose not to be disrespected by it. It's yeah. not not that. But, but there is a very wide gulf between acting like a complete asswipe and spinning yourself up into some completely negative response and standing your ground and and holding your own honor that, that there, there, there there's a wide gulf between that and and there's it's always worthwhile for someone to keep their honor it is not worthwhile to to go out and allow yourself to spin emotionally and spiritually out of control to the point that you're you're creating suffering and 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 adversity where none needs to be yeah you know and that could be even just as simple as don't be a shitty to your to your weight people right. don't don't be shitty to service people you know even when they're if they're doing a bad job okay you know that's one thing but like uh, i had a conversation on the phone with some outsourced call center what you know and 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 of course <clears throat> it wasn't much help and i was getting pissed but i said you know I know that you're not the one who actually makes the calls on this kind of stuff and you're just here doing your thing. And so, you know, my being upset is really, it's with the company, not with you. You're yeah. just a guy. And, uh, you know, please don't think that I think you're a bad person or that you're responsible for this. And that's a small thing, but to me, but it's, it, it, could, it changes that guy's day. If he's just getting yelled at. Yeah. Well, he, we all have what we have to do to, to get, around in life and you know he find this person finds himself working in a call center doing what have you right okay don't go anywhere we'll be right back that's not a that doesn't make them a bad person sure if the company they work for sucks they don't get to choose how to how that is employed they don't necessarily get to choose how that how these things are going to be structured and it's uh, taking it out on them is is not okay you know if uh you know, if I remember being at a restaurant and it was, you know, I kept, they kept coming back and be like, nope, that's not, the, I go, you have a full menu here with all these items on here. You're going to tell me that these things aren't available. And I go, well, okay, this really sucks, but you're not at fault and I am mad at you. And, but you should tell your manager or whoever is in charge of this, the logistics of putting this, all this stuff together that they're, they are fucking up and they're making it hard on you because you have to be the one to interact with these, with these patrons. And let's be honest a lot of people are likely to not be as rational with you and they're probably going to take all their bullshit out on you yeah. because they're emotional and they're upset and that's not okay. And, you know, you, as an employee, you shouldn't be, when these things can be uh, avoided, they should be. And you shouldn't have to pay a, a price for that because at the end of the day, all that does is deteriorate the, the, the restaurant itself and make it worse for everybody. It's 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 a it's a, it's a, the whole ecosystem becomes trickier and trickier. You like Nassim Taleb? I do like Nassim Taleb, and even when I don't agree with him, sure, and, and it, which is totally fine because and that guy he loves getting aggressive as shit. But but uh, I dig him, and uh, I like I like you know sometimes it it just takes it does take that kind of aggression. You know what? If he's wrong, fuck it. Who cares? But he, when he's, he's right, he's right. About I love it. it. Yeah. yeah. 
when he, I like all I like, about that squid ink and deadlifts, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm really into the idea of anti fragile and how yes, people. Yes, me I too. Really, like that for me resonates deeply, and I also like how he talks about efficiency creates fragility. Yes, true. Yeah, yeah. Efficiency is not the only reason to do anything. No, uh, but uh, but we seem to move so steadily towards efficiency yes. as a. I mean, I even find myself doing it in the gym. Like, I'm going to do this first because then I can get to that and this. And I'm like, wait, I'm just now making the the biggest struggle of my day I'm trying to put efficiency into. Well, I mean, and why are we creating efficiency? If there's, <clears throat> if we have a deadline to get something done or we're or organizing certain tasks, okay. Right. If uh, you only have 30 minutes to get into the gym, yeah. what is the most efficient workout I could do? But simply striving to do everything based on efficiency. Like, I, I'm not, and, and this is not going to be a dig at, at, at Ferris, but like the four-hour this and the four-hour that. You, you can't. I, you, you it can't, did not work for me. You, 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 you cannot. If, if, uh, cr- you cannot structure your life that way. Uh, I get the, under, the underlying concept of it, and I also understand that it is designed within this paradigm of modernity and the insane amount of hours now that people have to put into things the way costs are created for certain you know between living and goods and services and i understand that that this is also a thing born of this very age like literally that all that four hour biohack this is stuff a hundred percent created by modernity yeah which in and of itself is you know my my grand overall answer is all that shit is wrong the for the reason it's it, it exists is wrong it, it is all from the wrong path but the idea of being more efficient with things for for the sake of you know being better or getting more things done i mean it's look at it this way <clears throat> the first time you build an engine you're probably not that efficient with your time but the second the third the fourth the fifth the, you get you start learning how to you know little shortcuts and tricks and whatever and you become more efficient but you become efficient through mastery you don't become efficient to just be efficient yeah and efficiency in and of itself has no spiritual component uh, you know and again yeah the atheist constantly going about about the, the spiritual but I don't have a better term to use, but it seems to be this this thing across all people, times, cultures, whatever, that there is this thing in us that is a more of a driving force than than anything else. Right. And uh, you know, when you put your efforts into something, it's not just the out the material output; it is the time, the the feeling, the spirit of the whole endeavor itself, and the way you approach it makes a massive difference in what you create at the end of the day, but also how what you did affects the way you are. Yeah. You know, Um, the way going into the gym to try and just, I'm going to be a world champion so I can be famous and rich. You will be a broken human being. Going into the gym, be like, I'm going to be the strongest, greatest thing that I can create out of myself. I'm going to tackle these challenges head on. I'm going to see where where I stack up in the world. I'm going to see... If I can overcome my weaknesses and my fears, I can see, you know, Ensign Inouye talking about the thing that got him into fighting being that he was so afraid yeah. that he just had to do it. The fact that that fear existed at that level meant that it was something he had to he had to tackle. Yeah. He's That's such a badass. He is such a badass. Shout out to you, Ensign. You are the man. 
uh, which is also the first That's time I met, met you. Yeah. yeah, was at that uh, seminar at uh, Ensign put on at Raw Gym. Yeah, fifteen plus years ago, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that was awesome. It was awesome. It was By a the cool way, time. that was so <laughs> awesome. We had gone to a fight the night before at the Coliseum, mm-hmm. and I remember a dude came to the to the to the to the um, to the seminar who had been shocked in the parking lot of the Coliseum the night before and still was like, well, I wasn't going to miss this seminar. He didn't roll, but he had been <laughs> shot like three times. Well, it is the Coliseum. Yeah. 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 So he I was clearly just like, fragile. oh my God, I'm in the right place. People are coming <clears throat> who got shot last night and they're not going to miss Edson and Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I, and, uh, you know, those, those are the kind of things that you'll see that make up like the the deep bedrock of of human flourishing that where and that guy wasn't there because he thought he was going to be the number one fighter or anything he was there just because he wanted to improve himself think about all the oppor- think about all the stuff that exists in the world that you could experience if only you prioritized it and again i don't mean in this this concept of all material efficiency you know no i mean you don't know who you could meet you don't know who you could learn from. You don't know what conversation you might have. You don't know what place you might end up in on a hike, yeah. right? I mean, the world is full of some of the most beautiful and incredible things out there. If you are allow your, if you allow yourself to be open to to, allow, to, to having them affect you and be in your life, um, it's one thing to sit there and go like, "Oh, I'm going to go to a club and I'm going to do this and I, I'm going to do all this work. I'm going to make this money and blah 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 blah." But like, to, for to do what? Yeah. Right? You know, and like, "Oh, I, I'm going to go and I'm going to go to Thailand and do this whole thing." Oh, you mean you're going to basically buy yourself into this whole tourist experience and think that you're getting something authentic when you're getting nothing authentic? It's just you are being drawn into the same same experience that everybody else is set up to do for the frangs to go down there and do it. Right versus <clears throat> I was open to knowing a guy, Ensign, who connected me with Santian Noy, one of the greatest Thai boxers of all time, who then opened his gym to me so that I would then, on my days off shooting Never Back Down 3, would hire a cab, take me out to Santian Noy's train, get to know him, get to meet him and his fighters and get to be there. And then I would eventually send my fighters out there. And where are we? 45 minutes outside of Bangkok and Patamtani in nowhere with like two, two little shacks that are stores and like one restaurant or whatever. But the reality was there was something there to see these people, the way they did their life, their training, the knowledge. And to think that I'm not just being given a technique from a guy and but instead i am being put into the chain of being from him and everyone behind him and he's giving me fire to add to my own every time i teach and i work with people uh eric paulson matt hume uh uh billy robinson carl gotch that these people all gave me their you fire have the, the entire all ten thousand hands all of them yeah. they all come into that one they they were not uh, uh, a zero sum start point. They are built up of everything that came from that, and and what's built into them, the adversities they went through in every aspect of life, everything that has forged and formed them, has now had some imprint given down to me, and everything that I take with that, I give to the world as well. 
and through that they never die. Yeah. These people and their things are are passed on to the rest of the world in one way or the other. And to me, that is the kind of responsibility that I want to I want to to holster in this world that I willingly and wantingly and strive to carry and to build upon yeah. and to give more to the world than the world has ever given to me if I can ever balance that ledger out. Uh, uh, the more efficient thing to have done is to go to the kickboxing academy on the Kosan Road mm. with, you know, next door to the strip <clears throat> bar and the computer cafe yeah. because that's easier and it's right there next to your hotel. Right. Or to just like, oh, what's what's the best gym? What's just like, oh, what gym has the most champions? I'll just go to there. Yeah. Like, well, the, the the gym that maybe produces the most champions might not even be the gym that can produce the champion out of you. Right. And you, sorry, it's just, there's no, no guarantee. That story's beautiful because you had to become, you had to become uncomfortable to some degree, whatever it is, if it's just going a little bit out of your way to achieve this Well, thing. isn't there always something in the way and they're always so. something in the way i mean I've, how do it uh it's like well I, I had to figure out how do i get a how do i get out there yeah well you know what my fighter victor henry he's got this fight coming up october 30th lxf uh in burbank um he is the number one guy unsigned in the world right now at his weight class 135 he's the deep bantamweight champion he's undefeated in japan in this company called ryzen he's 20 and 5 this kid is an absolute badass and uh <laughs> the thing is he is his his stepdad immigrated from mexico got his citizenship did his whole thing and this dude is is a guy who works construction does this does, i mean he's just like that salt of the earth man's man like go out there and get it done this guy doesn't speak a lick of japanese he speaks english and he speaks spanish Victor had a fight in Japan and on his own secretly bought a plane ticket, flew himself out to Tokyo on just basically like a, a, a one day turnaround trip, made his ass all the way from Narita Airport to the Ariake Coliseum or the Differ Ariake, which is like a, a little weird section of Tokyo that would be really difficult. To, and he navigated his whole way to get there and made it. And then we're in the back <clears throat> after the fight. Victor wins and Vic's like, God, what are you doing here? He's like, uh, I came to watch you fight. That's and he amazing. just goes, well, how the hell did you get around, man? You don't, you've never been here. You know, he goes, look, man, if I can, get, if I can get over a border, I can get in here. By the way, I really want to paint the picture of what it's like to get around in Japan because I've traveled the entire world and do believe that Japan is the hardest place to get around unless you have an interpreter and a driver. It can be. It can you be. You cannot get into a cab and expect to say words to them That's and have true them too. understand you. I, I'll be honest. The first time I was ever aware that I wasn't in Kansas anymore was when I got off a plane in Japan. I'm like, oh, there's no, nobody looks there's like me. The language, to sound yeah. out. No, you can't I, read anything. I was trying to get to the Hilton the first time I was there because that's where we were staying. And I'm like, Hilton Hotel, Hilton Hotel, Hil Hilton. No, Hil Hilton. not going to happen. And eventually I was like, uh, Hirotong? Oh, Hirotong, Hirotong, Hirotong. So I'm like, oh, what it's the? It's not. It's a tough yeah. place to get around. And I, I've been there. I imagine China is probably is even harder. I've been to Shanghai once, and that was. No, I think China, there are requirements like when you show up, you can't just like wander around China. Well, I could see that too. Yeah. <laughs> Where China's like, uh, you gotta, you yeah. gotta like have stuff set up. 
a, uh, a little bit more from my experience going to China. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I had a person driving me around uh, yeah. both times, but I did in Japan try to go out on my own mm -hmm. and wander around, and it was a disaster. Oh, well, I, I lived there for two years, and I, I've, I've been working there for, oh, and I speak Japanese okay. And, yeah. uh, it takes me a little while to get it back, but. Uh, um, but I, all I of really that getting it. uncomfortable. Well, I had to get uncomfortable. I had to just throw myself into it. And by, by the way, why was I going to just sit in a hotel room the what days I'm there? No, right. no. There's a whole world out there of people and food, especially food, and experiences to have and beauty in the world. I'm going to experience it. Yeah. I want that because at the end of the day, my life is made up of the days that came before it and those experiences and, and nothing more. And I'm going to fill those full as, as much as I can to grow who I am, to, to learn more about the world and learn more about people and to then be able to use that to give to others yeah. and to, to, to have the coolest stories at the fire, you know, right. when I'm an old man, yeah. which is, well, I'm already old man. A grandpa, maybe, let's say. <laughs> right. I feel like I can be a grandpa any day. <clears throat> it's coming. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You know, one thing I, um, that I just have to have to say on on your behalf, I guess, is that uh, uh, you know it makes me happy to see the, the podcast and it's doing well, and to see your your journey and fitness and everything that you're going about. But I think what's and this comes from a, a, a personal perspective of knowing you and, and talking with you, and that is I like the fact that this is authentic and real, and it isn't about the way that most people approach any endeavor these days in that it's a, a zero-sum game. It is, even when it comes to LARPing into something, it's it's LARPing to get other people to buy it, not LARPing to turn yourself into it, right. which is a completely different story. And not, not to say that you're LARPing at all, but that, but that people go into this like, oh, well, what market can I take advantage of and do this? And I'll, I'll do this health and weight loss thing and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I can, you know, I can, there's all this that I can tie into maybe a supplement company. And they think about it all in this efficiency and material point of view. But, but that's, you're not actually really helping the world no. with that, in my opinion. And the fact is, you are utterly authentic about doing what it is that you do talking to people and your own life journey as to where you end up here and this podcast is a reflection of this this is not a uh you know i've had so many people try to get me to do a podcast but i'm always like this just sounds like a money grab i'm right. not interested uh those are things i uh, you want me to talk about those things because you see them as more profitable i don't want to do it and then it's uh, uh oh well you know we want to like have you work on this platform and i go no i don't want to i if I have something important to create or say, it's going to take real effort. Yeah. And it, and it needs to be done right. Otherwise, all I'm doing is putting more stupid, pointless bullshit noise in the air and making people, you know, giving them the dopamine hit as if they're doing something when they're, and, and at the end of the day, they're probably not doing anything at all. Yeah. You know, they just, the idea like, oh, well, I listened to that podcast, so therefore my, no, you didn't, no, it, I, I, I like that we can entertain and I, I want to inspire people where I can. But ultimately, you are the impetus for your own success. I period. believe that too, and and I think that any <clears throat> any structure, like I'm happy to talk to somebody who says it's all got to be vegan and it's got to be this, and I go like, I'm not 
that's not useful for me, but maybe it's useful for somebody. There could be some grain of of knowledge in there that could be helpful, right? Yeah. And whether they knew it or they didn't. Right. And you know, my, my thought on veganism is that's a that's an absolute modern derived luxury diet. I'm not into it either. Humanity has it's, never been vegan. Yeah. Their veganism is not a thing that has ever been about uh, uh, human existence and growth ever. Now, if you want no, to be vegan, even if you go into go like the it. Hindus, and, yeah, and they're the, not vegans; the they're vegetarians. Yeah, they're vegetarians. They yeah. eat some stuff. There's a difference between the the amino acid profiles that you get from things from made from milks, yeah. like butter and ghee and what have you, and you know broths. Well, they don't necessarily have broths so much because that would. But you know, if 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 you feel that you couldn't eat an animal because it had to die, okay, I get it. Yeah. Most of the time, veganism is just it, it is just another ideological. Uh, uh, aspect uh, attached to other things it really it's not really all that much about health for the most part and maybe there's a small sub subsect of people out there that veganism is truly the healthiest way for them because either a there's something medical about them or b they are incapable of eating anyway other than unless they create such a super strict parameter for themselves they can't be healthy you think about veganism <clears throat> you think about the everybody must be vaxxed thing and you go like it's it's maybe realistic for Los Angeles. Hmm. It's not possible for the world. Well, yeah, veganism would would starve most of the world. Yeah, it, it would not. It's and not sufficient. Even if everybody in America got vaccinated tomorrow, you it wouldn't still stop have it. the majority. No, of we, the world. we we have all kinds of breakout cases of double vax people, especially in Israel and other spots. You know, if you look at certain, you look at the amount of single to double vaccinated quote unquote vaccinated people in the United States, we still have cases. It is not you'd have it, to be like, by the, the way, you'd have to get all the people and the animals because the animals do present a reservoir for COVID. Yeah, I imagine so. At the very least, if someone sneezed on your cat and you touch I mean look, it, there is no absolute safety in this. And no, this is not a pandemic on the on the of the unvaccinated. This is a pandemic of a of all of how pandemics are. You just can't get through it just because you want it to be differently. Yeah. You can't get through it just because, well, we created uh, Magic Serum A on something you've never known about. It's brand new. You've never dealt with w during a system that you've never tried. And you're going to say it's 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 100% absolutely guaranteed. No, nothing's no, 100%. No. And and you know, we got to work hard to get through this. We got to be as healthy as we can be, you know, uh, you know, what little stupid thing is people clean your phones every day right clean your phones you know disinfect them uh Alcohol do, do saline saline solution uh uh nasal flushes uh keep your vitamins up and if you're really worried there's a ton of stuff you can do for your body to yes. make it healthier true enough and and uh if you're if you're really concerned about uh you know getting sick and and you feel like you need to be more isolated okay but but when you do that but also Tell your friends, tell your family, let them know where you're feeling and, and communicate with each other and help each other up. You know, if, if that's how you have to get through this, OK, you yeah. know what? I'm not here to tell you that you're a bad person or that you're stupid or whatever. No. Uh, you know, find those those mechanisms that are going to keep you healthy and and uh, and, and sane <clears throat> because it's one thing to work on your own physical health, but. Uh, the way that things move and the constant assault of information and the level of 
like when I say level, I mean like the density of information that is being shot into your brain every day right. is at unprecedented levels. And, you know, it is of no surprise that, um, you know, neuro, um, you know, different personality disorders and neurological and, and anxiety derived stuff is, has been massively on the rise yeah. because we're not meant to operate this way. And technology always outpaces our ability to adapt to it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is, but, um, you know, we have to be more unified in helping each other to get past this kind of stuff, less ideologically and politically minded in, in regards to something that has zero interest in those things like a virus yeah and uh you know it's real also i, I some people say that it's like fake and i'm like you got to be fucking that kidding COVID me is COVID is fake i, I had it. it's definitely not fake. <clears throat> it is not fake it is people it's a real freaking thing out there and it'll fuck you up it, it will fucked it, me up i know a bunch of people that got it that uh didn't hardly do shit to them and apparently it's e it's easier on women than it is on men but there is no promise there's no promise right. you know um some I know some people that have been vaccinated that got I know people that have been double vaccinated they got COVID I know some people that uh, that got that they they got the the shots and it kind of made them feel like shit but they got over it. I know some people that got the shots and it didn't do anything to them yeah and you know I will say this on the movie <clears throat> that I did there was eventually a COVID outbreak um, and we were in another country and most of the crew was not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. The COVID outbreak was not amongst the unvaccinated crew. It was all vaccinated Americans huh. got, and not all of them 100%, because I didn't get right, it. Right, but, but a, a lot, but most of them. And see, that's the thing. We don't even know entirely what these, these vaccine protocols we've come up with are going to do towards um, viral mutation, uh, long-term effects on the people that it's on or, or the virus itself. I mean, we just, to say, to sit back and say you don't know seems to be like, maybe, maybe that is the most hated position that you could take. Maybe that is the thing that people will, will be, will accept the least. And I can understand the, the fear of the unknown. The unknown is, is something that is, uh, well, you know, I mean, we, that's an even deeper discussion, but it weighs a lot on on the... that's why it's so easy to enter into these religions because you just go well nothing's unknown now because i just am subscribe it's all been to uh, this. it's all been laid out to me yeah, yeah. um and so i i do have i have a lot of sympathy for for the concept of the unknown really preying upon the psyche of of the populace at large yeah and uh and by the way when i say religions i'm not knocking religions i think q is a religion and q is a religion and the the if you're if you're just plugged into cnn that's a religion that's also a religion and these the are all religions who say trust science that's a religion that's a fucking religion a because religion. science doesn't have a moral compass the, the the problem with these modern religions though is they don't have thousands of years of human interaction and uh even co compromise and, and conversation yeah and anybody yeah. that says that the religions killed the most okay take a look at hitler mao and stalin all three were atheists they killed a shitload of people all and yet all operated in a religious sense yeah so i i'm not not i'm not uh, you know i don't put one thing over the other i just think a lot of people who are anti-religion in the classical sense are behaving in very religious ways of course i uh 
surprisingly, I think it was Harris that was the one that said that there seems to be a neural pathway in all people already pre-wired for religion. Uh, he's, I, he's a religious dude, too. Well, he is, although he denies it. It's so funny that he's so materialist. That's like my gripe with, with Harris is I'm like, how can you, you fight against the concept of myth being more, uh, dri- more of a driving force in rationality? And, and you know, you, you just like he gets on this perpetual like skipping record about religion. And I'm like, I understand your logical perspective on it. But for a guy who's done all these different psychotropic drugs meditation all this kind of stuff and as bright as he is i don't know why you can't seem to get past that um and then you know he he uh he seemed to get a bit religious when it came to to politics as well but he 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 did make some mea culpas recently and it's just like well nobody none of us are perfect we're bound to get things wrong um having such an absolutist mindset is part of what really gets us into real big problems in the first place. I like the guys who try to be as rational as possible because then I, I can look at that and go, how is that useful for me? Because it's very rationally put. It's not rationality is easy to pick up to it. It is much easier to disseminate rationality than it is. Well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not the case, but I don't know. um, Q seems to be doing really well or was, was, yeah, no, I mean, uh, he seems like he got, he caught, fire for well minute. well think about this also i mean what's as much as the press would love to tell you how dangerous q is right it benefits them so why would they do they really want it not to exist right they if, don't really if, see it as they a, would just a, shut up right, about but it they don't actually see q and all that crap as a real threat what they see it as as a threat that they can put out there that makes them money right and you know is it a threat i don't know i I tend to believe that stuff like that is not i think it's a threat if they advertise it as much as they do maybe i mean you get people really really dug in and you create these cults i think it can be a threat it could be yeah I, i mean it doesn't seem healthy i mean listen i don't know anybody into q i'm not scared of it i think it's pretty silly it's like flat earth oh boy you know like, is that a threat? Is somebody believing, and I love Eddie Bravo, and we've had some arguments about this. Um, I just go like, there's nothing threatening about it. No. I mean, it's it, look, if you want to, if you assign flat earthers to the head of, of NASA. That's a problem. But otherwise, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just, at the end of the day, you just got to be the kind of person that goes, well, that's nonsense. But yeah. It really, if it doesn't affect me, it's not even an aggravation. Yeah, if somebody's saying the only way to lose weight is eating steaks, I don't agree with that. But like, if they're having success, that's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't begrudge them their success. By, by the way, if nobody tries it, how do you know it? How do you? I'm not, not, I'm not saying you need to try flat Earth. Sure. But I'm saying, uh, you know, not to think that every diet is the same for every person always that everyone's biological and genetic makeup is always going to like i i can eat keto and carnivore and have great results i think it just gets old for me i'm I'm totally with you and i personally feel better when i have some carbs when i have too many (laughs) carbs i don't feel good but Mm -hmm. flat earth is like i don't see how anybody benefits by lying about the world being around (sighs) i don't either right there i'm I'm done there there's a lot of things if you really sit back and someone throws this crazy conspiracy theory at you, you go, well, how does somebody benefit from it? Yeah. Like, how does it 
how 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 do they how do they uh, profit, so to speak, from this? Unless it's just a big troll, and you got somebody who started it all, who's sitting back and laughing at the chaos they've crea- created. Uh, outside of that, and that's the same thing with Q. <clears throat> like whoever, if it's just a big troll, and there's somebody just laughing at all the people who have really yeah. invested in it, then maybe that's the benefit. You know, and and as much as it's it's pretty crazy stuff, um, at the very least. It has it is correct in that we do have to look after our kids. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not saying you should have anything to, to is that consider a about a flat Earth. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, you know, yeah, yeah. But that's you don't need Q to fucking say some something so utterly obvious. Right. Look after your kids. Yeah. Look after all kids. You know, help help people to be able to develop in a healthy way as much as possible and allow them to experience the severity of life and you know when you can mitigate it in a way that makes sense do so but otherwise let them break their arms fall out of a tree but keep people from but definitely keep bad actors and evil people from messing with them we should not allow anybody to mess with our children it is absolutely unacceptable and I don't care what movement you want to take on to, to say don't fuck with kids Straight up, don't fuck with kids. Don't ever fuck with kids. It's not. It, it it destroys societies. It destroys children, and it is unacceptable in all ways. There is no excuse for it. None. It, dead stop. There's yeah. no arguments for. Uh, th- you can't make any argument here. It's it, it, that's it. Yeah. Don't fuck with kids. And ever. And if <clears throat> all of the comfort of fast food and eating big meals at night in front of your TV has led to discomfort in yourself. It's okay to be uncomfortable on your way out. Yes. It's okay to prepare to be have to work hard and be uncomfortable. It's okay to have to admit to ourselves when we fucked up. Right. And we fucked ourselves up. Sure. You know, it's okay to say, you know what, I wasn't I wasn't as strong as I needed to be today. And that's on me. Yeah. But that's today and there's tomorrow. And there's next week and next month and next year. And strength is a choice. It's always a choice. You can either choose to be weak or you can choose to be strong. Choose to be strong. Even if it's only 1.1% stronger. Sure. Choose to be strong. Yeah. Always choose to be strong. Don't be afraid of the fact that you're not perfect. By the way, I, th- I uh, like to talk about killing your clone, and that means that every day you do something to improve yourself mm-hmm. as though you're going to meet yourself from 24 hours ago and you have to be just a little bit better. And I think about you a lot with this because I think you do it so perfectly in both ways, uh, intellectually and mentally and also physically. It could be reading a book. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I <clears throat> I spent time uh, reading some uh, even when I was, uh, you know, uh, laid up a little bit recently. And it's just like it is the sometimes it, you have to make you really have to make an effort and it, maybe it shouldn't seem that. Why should it be that hard to sit down and read this book right now? And sometimes some of these books are truly are challenging and yeah. it's going to be it's not an easy slog to get through it. But uh, so just one of the ways I, I as much as I can tell, I've, I've just been wired to be is that someone will make a claim. Someone will, will say something or uh, they'll either make a claim or they'll say, like, I don't understand this. My my initial thought is. Okay, what is it? Why? How? Let, let, let me investigate the claim. I want to know. What You say this, I'm going to look into it. Uh, you don't know what this is, I'm going to look into it. I, I want to know. The ability for me to know more, to be stronger, 
it's again a choice. So I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go and regardless of whether it solves my solves my question or um, bolsters their statement or not, I'm going to go. And whatever I got to read and look into to do that, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not afraid of what I might have to investigate. But I'm also trying to not just make myself feel correct. Right. Uh, because that's you don't actually move anywhere in that position. You you just stay in the same circular logic and then there's no growth. You know, well, you just create your own paradigm. Right. And, and what's what's the point of that? Yeah. You know, um, it, it's OK to to know where you're at and know that that is not encompassing of all that could be. Right. It's fine. And, uh, you know, study what you want to study. Uh, it doesn't have to be politics and philosophy and history. And it could be anything. It could really be anything. And uh, although, you know, <clears throat> I remember there was this huge push for everyone to read all these books on on particle physics and quantum physics and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, so everybody wants to feel like they're actually smart now or something. You know, <laughs> like at the end of the day, I, you know, for me, I sit back and I go, what the fuck are you going to do with that? You're yeah. going to you can't. None of this is useful to you in any way, shape or form. None of you work in physics. None of you work in particle physics. None of you work in astro you can't use any of this, but I read a book on chaos theory, and and well, that's a little different. I, I, yeah, but I, there was a lot of math in it. That, oh, was there? Was well, Peter J. Carroll's? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And 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 I just at the end was like, I'm glad I read it. I don't know what it did for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's there, that happens, right? And being exposed to something isn't a bad idea, you know. I mean, it's like okay. I don't know what the, when talking about Nassim Taleb, he'll go on about all kinds of stuff about stats and what I'm like, bro, this is way the fuck over my No, head. yeah, and I, I heard <clears> somebody <throat> say this recently and I thought it was so elegant. Nassim Taleb puts forth a great idea and then just repeats it yes. and rationalizes it. The idea is fantastic. Mm -hmm. The black swan is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Anti-fragility is fantastic. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and... Uh, you know, watching him laying on people sometimes is pretty funny, but uh, uh, it's you know, you we're not always capable of 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 we're not capable of necessarily always understanding everything that we wish we could. Yeah, and you know that comes from 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 me sitting back and knowing that there are plenty of deficits in 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 my my areas of, of knowledge that are really freaking hard for me to make uh, ground in. And yet, that's okay. You know, sure. uh, you can't be everything. You can't be, uh, I I look at some of the people of antiquity and I think like, Jesus, how how can people like Goethe and Nietzsche and whatever, like how do these people exist? You know, I, at least I can think, well, I could beat the fuck out of them. So there is that, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, it can be really intimidating to see how insanely amazing some people in throughout history have been, but yeah, I know there's no need for imposter syndrome and there's no need for, for trying to compare yourself to others in a way that is not positively motivating. Like it's, it's good to have positive envy. It's not good to, to have ressentiment. Yeah. That will just tear you down and get you nowhere. And, uh, you know, I, I even there's people that I feel like I'm on par with in in specific fields and yet they've written books and I haven't. And I'm like, ah, well, maybe I am, 
but those are the mother- those motherfuckers have books and I don't. Right. So I have to sit back at the end of the day, and if I could have a conversation with them and be like, yeah, you know, I, I've op- I've opened their their minds up. Great. But they were brave enough to write a book and I wasn't. Yeah. So, or even like, um, I I told Tate Fletcher, a friend of mine a while back, I go, you know, the fact that you got on stage and you've done stand up, like, I would love to do stand up, but I'm too scared to do it. Yeah. I have material I've written. I, you know, I can crack wise with folks and I know lots of comedian friends and hang with, but there's a difference between being in that I could and I did. Yeah. And you did. And he's like, well, it's not that big a deal. I go, yeah, but it is. It's a big deal. It is, and you did it. Yeah. And so, therefore, in that sense, you are you are greater than me because right. you did something that I I have not done and have not been capable of doing yet. Yeah. It's amazing. Josh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Uh, sit down, uh, have a conversation in person. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just hope um, people feel, I don't know, enlightened, maybe just confused. Fuck. I'm not sure. Uh, I think they'll enjoy it. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's we we got to do what we can to to be better. Like I said, you know, helping people choose to be strong instead of choosing to be weak. And any avenue we present, if it's like any fraction of the percentage of a motivating factor that gives somebody the the push, I'm happy. Yeah. For that. Me too. You know, uh. Uh, even when it comes to social media, I, I actually make a, a, a real point to put positive things in the world and not negative. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a trite sense. I just mean even like putting up pictures of beautiful scenery, art, music. Well, music that I like, at least anyways. If you don't like it, uh, understood. <laughs> but uh, um, but uh, but trying to offset how the, the negative aspect of social media gets so much clout and, and – uh, and interest from us uh which apparently there are evolutionary biological reasons for that too but um you know i'm doing what i can the best i can um and ultimately yeah i'm pulling for you you know i'm pulling for you we're pulling for everyone exactly yeah yeah thank you very much thank you don't go anywhere we'll be right back And now for the Q&A. This is a question from Carl. Hi, Carl. Hello, AG. My name is Carl, and I was going to the gym a lot before Corona. Once I'm there and going regularly, I'm similar to Ethan in the fact that it's easier for me to stay on track going to the gym by going every day. I've not been in a while, and my question is, am I the only one who gets nervous the first few times back in the gym after being gone out of the routine? I really have to push myself to get back to it. But once I'm back in the swing, it's no big deal. Yeah, no, no, totally. That happens to me. I mean, every Monday I'm practically, I I don't know if I'm nervous, but it's like I've taken a day off and then it's restarting. Um, And certainly if I take weeks off or weeks off, even I, I haven't done weeks in a long time, but any period of time where my routine is disrupted, regaining momentum in the in the routine takes effort. And so you are not alone in that. And um, I think ho- holding that idea in your head is helpful. Going like, I know I'm going to get back into this. I just need to do it. That's helpful. That's yeah. helpful to me, at least. Love it. Great. 
Yeah. I mean, thank you for your question, Carl. If you have a question that you'd like answered on this podcast, please email it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. <laughs>